we're not waiting anymore. We are not <laughs> waiting anymore. Gene is Williams, it over? Founder, administrator of Warchant.com. My name is Tom Lang. Florida State is 2-0. Whether the clock reached triple zeros or not, I might be behind. I got 30 seconds left on it. 10 to 15 minutes after the game is over was too late for us. Right, Gene Williams? Welcome to the program, everybody. This is the Warchant Game Day post-game call-in show. A little bit quieter than it was last week uh, as we were in downtown Orlando. And it is presented by our friends at DeLuna Coffee. DeLuna Coffee. You're going to need some tomorrow morning. You stayed up all night. Yes, I am. Whether you're going to service or you're going to get a Bloody Mary or Mimosa uh, in order to celebrate the what is the first week of the professional season, DeLuna Coffee will get your day started, and we'll tell you more about them in a little bit. But Gene Williams, your initial thoughts as handshakes are being conducted yes. over the uh, the 50-yard line at Doe Campbell Stadium. It's officially over. You know that you know you're playing. You're a top five team, and you're playing an overmatched opponent. You need to dominate them, and they did that. So I mean, it, it's what you would like to see, what you expect. And you know, Tom, we mentioned at the outset before we came on air. I mean, there's still a lot of sloppiness, still a lot of things to clean up, especially in the first half. A lot of drops and some things that were yeah didn't seem to come out completely focused the way you'd like to see a team like that. But and once they got those that little bit of funkiness out of their system, they just rolled. I mean, they, they were just, they looked dominating on both sides of the ball to the point that the Miami broadcaster, and if you saw that, what's his name? The guy was a Miami grad mm-hmm. came on there and said, Florida state's the best team in the country. They did a whole little breakdown of he yep. did Georgia versus Florida state and showed why Florida state is the better team right now. I mean, I, I don't know about ready to quite say that yet, but you know, it just shows that this, this team is just really looks good on both sides of the ball, whether it's Jordan, the running game, the defense, the receivers when they're not dropping the ball, uh, Keon Coleman just hurdling guys in the open field. I mean, they, they look pretty damn good. This is not an FCS opponent that you know you need no. to put your backups in the second quarter. This is a team that could very well win its conference. Cheers to Eugene. I'm going to pour my drink in a second as I get more reaction from you. Uh, but I, I would say this: uh, if we conducted this show at the end of the first quarter, you would hear a furious version of me. I, I've had some time to mellow out a little bit. Uh, but if you wanted to put a stamp on this game as starting clean without mistakes and a little bit more in rhythm than last week against LSU, I don't think they succeeded in that endeavor. Um, you know, the offense had drops. Obviously, that's the first thing that we're going to circle. Johnny Wilson has a real problem. Everybody say prayer yeah. for Johnny Wilson tonight uh, and his hands because this is this here. It's all it is. I don't know if they need to get Rene Russo from uh, Tin Cup or whatever. Sports psychologist mm-hmm. to help put him over the top. Uh, but that that's an issue that he's going to have to deal with now, and it's going to be hovering over him anytime the ball is coming his way until it's a settled matter. But you know, a lot of things about the offense, Gene, where they require several fourth downs on one drive to go down the field and score. I thought Jordan Travis was. But look at all this exciting plays we got. Those fourth downs were so exciting. I mean, you got to see uh, Jordan Travis do a couple loop de loops on the one play. It was it was fun, Tom. They yeah. had to entertain us. It, it was. Are enter- you not entertained? Um, I am happier to be in a position where we're having this discussion, Gene, where I can say against the curve of a playoff caliber team or against the curve of a championship, national championship contending team, this isn't good enough. Like, that's a hell of a lot better than, are we going to win six games this year? So I understand. I am very happy to be having this conversation. But they, I think it's also fair to say, after a blowout win, that we're happy to be 2-0, Florida State still has a lot to yeah. tighten up over the next couple of weeks. Would you agree that that's fair? Oh, yeah, that's fair. Especially, you know, I think after about that first quarter, I think they got in a rhythm. I think things settled down a little bit, and they played They played what you would expect from a top-five team. And it's funny. You can go to the Tribal Council, and there's still a couple active threads where people were going nuts in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
going after Mike Norvell, going after Johnny Wilson and some of those things. Obviously, it's a quick knee-jerk reaction. Lots of these teams got off to slow starts. So I get it. I will say the one thing along those lines, Tom, what I did like is that Mike Norvell didn't – you know, there's people that he didn't take him – you know, like going back to Jackson, there's a thread about he didn't learn anything since Jacksonville State. I completely yeah. disagree with that. Um, I mean, some of the things as simple as – I'm sorry, but doing the onside kick up 14 nothing that's keeping your team engaged. That is, oh, we are taking them seriously because we saw something on film that we could pull that off. Having Loris Tofiel in the Wildcat um, in the first half, things like that. To me, that's keeping your team engaged. That you are taking them seriously. You're not just going to do vanilla stuff out there. You're going to go after him. But, yeah, the um, – you know, obviously, I think mostly it was the drops and it was just – Look, you're on a short week. You've seen this before. You're on a short yep. week. Yeah. You're off an emotional game. I'm not going to hold one quarter of kind of sloppy football against Florida State. Now, the drops by Johnny have to be cleaned up a little bit. But other than that, I, I just think it's a really minor in the grand scheme of things, a slow start. You know, I'm always interested to hear what Mike Norvell has to say in his postgame press conferences, Gene. Um, but I'm really interested tonight because clearly he's trying to send a message. I don't know if he's willing to talk about that openly or not. But this isn't about he's got a vendetta against Southern Miss or their head coach for fourth downs at the 50-yard line. They're showing in the postgame right now that there's a long discussion between the two coaches. Not heated or anything. It's just a little bit of an extended talk. Uh, you know, this was about sending a message of some kind to his roster that, again, you know, three consecutive fourth down opportunities on, on one drive, an onside kick right after that. Even if you find something on film where Southern Miss is, you know, cheating and, you know, to the return. Do you want to break that out right now? Uh, it's an interesting choice, uh, but there, there, it's clear that there is more than just play your opponent going on here. He's also playing and trying to engage the mind. Yes, that's of, my of, point. Of, yeah. I um, think this is the opposite of Jacksonville State. He says, we're going to pull out some stops here that we normally wouldn't do. We don't care about the opponent. We see something on film. We can take advantage. We're going to do it. And that's a mentality. So I, I think it's the opposite of, what people are saying about Jacksonville State. I think that is the case that he has learned something and yeah. we're going to take every opponent, you know, it's a cliche one game at a time, but I really think he did that here. Yeah. And and again, Gene, you know, just two years ago, Florida State is playing, you know, sloppy-ish to start the game and and good moments, but sloppy. That probably means the score's tied or Florida State's losing, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't really matter. We've been doing this post-game show long enough that, you know, it didn't matter who you were playing. It didn't matter what classification they were in. A lot of these games were in doubt, uh, or way closer than they should be. And at this case, uh, in this case, Florida State is so good. And we learned that in the second half last week against LSU when they dropped 31 straight points after looking really sluggish for two quarters. Just how good this team can be when they put on the afterburners. And, and you see that surge again tonight. Again, it's 66-13. I think the game wasn't even as close as the score indicates there. Uh, but now Florida State is 2-0. and they should be in the top three. There was an upset again. Yeah, Alabama, they, at the very least, number three. Yeah, uh, unless you're Georgia, you just steady lose games in that SEC right now, or, or you look disappointing because even Tennessee had an embarrassing moment today against Austin P, where you know it was a 6-6 in the second quarter. Uh, it's a rough go for that conference right now. Maybe Florida State's future home, we shall see. Uh, <laughs> but Florida State is now ticketed Gene to, I would think. They're going to pass Ohio State with their resume so far in the other poll. That would be the, uh, the coaches' poll. Uh, yeah, Florida State should be a top three team now. Target on their back as they go up to Boston for, hello, a noon kickoff next Saturday oh, against Boston College. Glorious. I know a lot of fans don't like it, but glorious that we'll actually have uh, – <clears throat> we'll get at, to bed at a reasonable hour. Speaking like the old man here going, gosh, darn it, I want to be in bed. This is ridiculous afternoon games. But So I, I have you remember a game kicking off this late for a Florida State home game? Mm. 
Is this a record? Because I think they delayed it. I know North Carolina had that overtime with Appalachian yeah. State. Yep. And that pushed it back. It was 845, 850 by the time it finally kicked off. Yeah, so they announced, I saw it on our Twitter feed at Warchan early on in the evening that it was going to be an 840 kick. I think that's a record. You know, when they had primetime yeah. kickoffs on Saturday nights for game day, it was usually 821. Like, they were very precise, 818, 820, 821 p.m. So this was 840, and then both teams just chucked it around the lot all night. So they're, yeah. you know, even with the new clock rules, there's just a lot of stoppages. There was a sequence in the second quarter where it felt like every play had a penalty, and there were a couple of reviews. Uh, you know, again, Gene, th- there are times in the not-too-distant past in which you experience a game like this as a Florida State fan that takes the better part of four hours or four hours, 15 minutes, and Florida State loses. Or if they so you're, or you're sweating it out for the entire time. Exactly. And and that's not the case here. So hopefully everybody, hey, let us know in the chat what you're drinking on right now. I'll tell you what I'm drinking on. A little Hawaiian coffee action. It's espresso blend style. Here's nice. Galuna Coffee's Voodoo Blend. This is the espresso blend. This is right after my heart. So I ground some beans because these are actual beans. You can see, you can hear that. There you go. So I, I put the beans through the grinder. I mix together with a little bit of Kahlua. And I have my postgame nice. cocktail. This is going to be my tradition for the postgame show this season. DeLunaCoffee.com for more information. We'll tell you about bundles and other things they got going on right now as the show progresses. But, uh, again, Florida State now 2-0 and on the season. 66 points after dropping uh, 45 the week before. Good Lord, Gene. You know, uh, two, three years ago, how long would it take for Florida State to crack into the 110-plus point plateau this offense is just legitimately going to be scary. Even when they have issues, they produce through the roof. And what's the record now? I know they have the most 35-plus point games in a row. They mentioned that during the broadcast, that they have the record in the nation for doing that. I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. No. Um, you know, We'll see. Clemson might be a little bit of a challenge, but I think that will not stop next week against Boston College. So, no. I mean, it was great to me. And this was what I was hoping for this game. The second half, we get to see some of the backups. You got to see Tate Rodemaker. You got to see uh, Glenn. You got to see, you know, A.J. Duffy coming at the end. We'll talk about that. They may come up at this point. The fact that Glenn was your number three. To me, that's intriguing to me that Glenn came in as the number three, not Duffy. Mm -hmm. Which to me is the writing is on the wall on your depth chart and what the competition is going to be next year. That's going to be Glenn versus Rodemaker for that starting. No, No offense, A.J. Duffy, but I think... You've been passed on the depth chart if it was any more evident it was what we saw in the second half today. But, you know, still, the guys getting after it, they were still scoring. You know, it's great to see guys like Vandravius get out there, get a score. Biscuit, I mean, we're all fans of Biscuit to see him have that nice long play down Jerry and having the pick six. I mean, it it was a lot of fun. In that second half, to see some of these guys that aren't your main stars. And I don't know if I don't know if Ben can pull up that picture too, because we've got it in our photo gallery. We have uh, Bob Myers as our photographer who shoots for Warchan at the game, and he got a really good shot of Keon Coleman leapfrogging and doing oh. the hurdle well, uh, in we, the second half. We have a short video loop because it's within fair use parameters. Oh, okay, there we go. even better. Yeah, we got it. But that's just – that guy's special, man. I mean, yep. is there any doubt he's going to be the number two receiver taken in the draft next year? I mean, he's just – he's separating himself from the pack. He's unbelievable. And, Ben, if you want to roll that footage, you certainly can at any time. We will just stop what we're doing, whether there's a phone caller, whether we have a guest on, whatever it is in the postgame show. At Will, here it comes. Here right here. Take, oh, my oh, goodness. Just special. Oh, that is, uh, that's some outstanding stuff right there. We'll take a look at that photo as well. Because when you see that, that freeze frame, Gene, it reminds me of being on the sidelines 10 years ago for the Kelvin Benjamin catch early on against Clemson. And my man's hip was over yes. my head. And it's like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. The same thing with the freeze frame here. He's doing the splits. 
and it's got to be four, four and a half feet in the that's air. That's why I want to show the photo because the photo shows how high he elevates. It's kind of hard yeah. in real time to see that, but that's when I saw that photo, I was like, wow. I mean, a guy that big to get up that high off the air. I mean, oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at Peter Warwick enjoying it too. Oh, yes. Is that, I think we got Snoop <laughs> back behind him too. They got yeah, Snoop back yeah. there. Snoop and oh, wow. We I'll said hello to that. Peter Warwick uh, in the in the pregame show at Hotel Indigo. Thank you to everybody who came out today to Hotel Indigo. Had a huge crowd yeah, for yeah. today's pregame festivities. Among those to check in, say hello, was Pete up, Peter Warwick. Uh, but wow, I mean, Gene, that is absurd. I mean, he's, he's a foot above. I mean, it's not even the the Southern Miss defenders not even close to him. And Gene, you know, the other thing is in a situation like this, a lot of times you'll see the receiver, or you know, I remember, I remember Jermaine Gresham did a full front flip once for the Cincinnati Bengals. Like they'll leverage by putting their hand on the defender's shoulder uh, or something like that. This was just a clean. I mean, look at this. No assistance <laughs> needed. That is unbelievable from Keon. Unbelievable. Man, I'm so glad he transferred, obviously. But man, it's just it's a shame you only get him for one year. But we'll we'll take that year and enjoy it for everything it can. It's just 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 a special athlete for him to be able to do something like that. So. Full credit to, uh, yep. again, Bob Myers, uh, photographer yep. that, uh, you know, helps us out at War Chant. The Myers family, good, very good photographers. Yep. Yep. Melina, if you're not familiar, yep. you've probably seen some of Melina's work on War Chant, too. That's uh, his wife, and she does great. She's a great photographer in her own right. So the great shot there and fun night to see all those kind of great plays in the second half. So, to me, the second half was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think everyone was a little frustrated in the first half. But yeah, want to go through any of the numbers now. The game is finally actually over. I, we haven't mentioned Trey Benson at all. Three touchdowns. We we're a little disappointed in his performance in Orlando. Mm -hmm. I think he bounced back in a nice way, man. When he gets to that second level and he yeah. gets ahead of steam, Tom, he's a load. He is hard to bring down. Yep, yep. And yeah, one of those uh, touchdowns was on, it was a fourth down, I do believe, run up the middle, fourth and one, uh, where it kind of the sea parted for him. Uh, then there was uh, the toss pitch play, which was great. That was in the second half. Explosive run, elusive run for Trey. Uh, and then, of course, early on, he started this game with a catch and run too, Gene. So, mm -hmm. yeah, just looking. I mean, look at all these names. This is this is the thing that you wanted to see tonight, and this is where I am pleased. There's some things that disappoint me when I'm judging us against the curve of a national title contender and that they need to clean up. But the goal tonight, Gene, one of the primary goals was fill up that box score where there's too many players. It's like a, in a baseball box score when you used to write it in the stands. If it goes more than 10 innings, you're screwed. You just got to write in the margins. That's what you want from tonight's box score. And look at this. The rushing numbers, the receiving totals, yep. the defensive totals, everybody and their brother played tonight. Uh, but for Trey Benson, look at that nine carries for 79 yards, the three touchdowns, one of which was 42 yards, and then one catch for 20 yards, and that was one the one that started the game tonight. So, again, 10 touches, 99 yards for Trey Benson. And really, Gina, I thought Jordan Travis kept the ball a lot to throw it on a lot of those RPOs. A lot of chances, I thought, where there were five- and six-man boxes where they could have run with Trey. Yeah. Jordan decided to chuck it. So, I'm not – this isn't a knock on Jordan necessarily. I'm just saying that Trey could have had even larger numbers tonight but Jordan decided to get to work on that passing game. So even though Jordan was in a situation of 50-50 and I'm going to throw the ball, Trey still finished with 10 touches for 99 yards tonight. Extremely productive. Yeah, and I'm curious because I know, Tom, you're kind of a film aficionado, what you think of some of those. And it seems like a couple games, Jordan hasn't quite made the right decisions on some of those RPOs. And mm -hmm. it seems like sometimes you got to be handing it to Benson when he's not. And, and when in doubt, to me, I'm sorry, and I hate to be that kind of guy, but – I want your quarterback to give it all out, but in a situation against Southern Miss, when in doubt, 
have your running back run the ball. You don't need to be exposing yourself to those yeah. extra hits. Mm-hmm. You're going to beat them without having to have those plays. So I, I don't know. Maybe you can go back and look at some of those. I'm curious. A couple of those plays, it seems like maybe he should have handed it off to the running back instead of keeping it. Yeah, I think he was trying to get some of the receivers some work. I think there were conscious choices made tonight to get guys work rather than maybe take the play that was in front of them. Uh, that would have been something that got Florida State beat a couple years ago. Not in this situation. Florida State can work on some things, and 66-13 to 13 is uh, is the result. So, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, it, I don't mind because he had, he gave his uh, – a couple of plays he gave his receivers. I like that he went up for those contested catches and because he, he yeah. has such confidence in receivers, and I'm fine with that. And even despite the score in the first half, Southern Miss made a couple great plays in the secondary. There were 50-50 mm-hmm. balls where the FSU player had it, come, I think, twice for touchdowns. Yeah. Coming down with the touchdown, one was the key on, and they made a great play to strip the ball at the last minute. So – you know, a couple of great plays by their defensive secondary in those plays. And I don't mind that the quarterback, Jordan, has confidence because he sees it. You've seen it in practice. When you go up there and you throw it to Jordan Wilson, you throw it to Keon Coleman, more often than not, they're coming down with those plays. But it yeah. takes an exceptional play by that defensive back to break those up. And a couple times in this game, they did that. Now, that's not excusing a bunch of the drops. And some of the other sloppiness we saw in the first quarter, but there were some plays made by Southern Miss. Well, and how about Deuce Span with one of the toughest catches yeah. on the night? That is a really good development. You see that it's almost like a package deal that Deuce Span comes onto the field with Darion Williamson, who also had some catches. Yeah, touchdown for Darion. Good for him. And Deuce with a catch early on over the middle, tough. I mean, it's it's a missile from Jordan. Uh, Deuce's hands have been an issue in camp and practice. That's been a consistent thing as he's trying to get more and more natural at the position of wide receiver, but that's a good moment for him tonight. Uh, Destin Hill got in on the act in the second half. Hakeem Williams with a big catch, and Hakeem with a couple of really good blocks. the block? Yes, the blo- one of the best blocks of the night. So, Gene, this is where practice makes game time. You know, they say practice makes perfect, but this week in practice, uh, Hakeem got into it with a, we'll call him a veteran defensive back, for <laughs> blocking too hard, almost like Rudy. What are you trying to do? You're trying to play every play like it's the Super Bowl. Uh, Hakeem has really bought into the details of what it takes to be a receiver at Florida State, and it's good to see that develop into the game, and then also he gets trusted with a big catch. Uh, it was, uh, I believe, a chain mover uh, for the catch he had in the second half. Uh, just everybody got into the act tonight. We could talk defensively in a little bit, Gene, about some of the guys that got in, but I do want to lead with one of the backups. We saw an injury, unfortunately, to Akeem Dent tonight. Yeah. Uh, it looked like he got beat a little bit in coverage on the play, and he's trying to run it down, and then he has to go down in a heap. Uh, according to the reports and some of the shots that you can see on the sideline, it looked like the knee area was wrapped yeah, up. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like the way he went down. It didn't look good. You know, Gene, I thought it was a hamstring initially, the way he went down where he mm-hmm. grabbed. But, uh, no, you know, it's just bad news, and, and we hope for the best news possible on a key. Maybe it's just a scare. Uh, but Conrad Hussey rotates in this game early on. That is a true freshman safety. And he comes away with an interception. Uh, I believe they might have ruled it that it was incomplete instead. But in looking at that replay, I think Conrad might have come down with it. But just was, it, was that, that the one they didn't even review? Was correct. That the one? Yeah. No. I, 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 so they take forever on one play. It's obvious he's out of bounds. And that was the Johnny Wilson when he was out of bounds. And they took, seems like they took 15 minutes for that. But it looks like an interception. And right. we're not going to take a second to even review the play. Yeah. I, it's typical ACC buffoonery. I guess we shouldn't be shocked by that. But. No, and it, it's like, look, there, there can't be an illegal touch to the guys in the broadcast. There cannot be an illegal touch if you're forced out of bounds via penalty. All right, yeah. so like, can we just know that about the rules first? And then it's about reestablishment, which is a really weird principle. It's different in college than it is pro. But that's what we're looking at there, guys. 
It can't be a catch because he's out of bounds unless you yeah. – anyway, I'm not going to get too deep into it. But I thought on the replay when the analyst said, well, you could see it hit the ground. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure it hit the ground? I'm, I'm not so sure it did. But, again, for Conrad Hussey as a true freshman to climb up the ranks that quickly and get that kind of a, a mm-hmm. rep and make that kind of a play, that's a huge confidence booster for him. There were other guys too, like Rodney Hill on offense who flashed, and, man, he's going to be a special player. Yeah, but this was some Rodney. This was a night where they wanted to get a lot of guys work, Gene, and, and they did just that. So, you know, there are some disappointing things, but if you're talking about the boxes that are checked off for a top three Florida State football team, because that's what they're going to be this week, it was that you're developing your program for the long haul while you're winning in the short term. That's what a night like tonight should be about. That's what it was about. And this is this is it reminds me going back to some of those ninety Florida State teams when you get these guys in the in the second half and it's so good for a you're resting your starters it's a long season, yeah and you want these guys to be fresh injury free by the end of the season, you're giving these second stringers these young guys these freshmen are getting valuable reps that you know there's only so much you can do in practice for them being a real game and doing this it's it's huge for them down the road so this is what great teams do and you're able to do that. Now, I know you mentioned a little bit about the defense, Tom. Before you, I don't know if you've looked at the defensive stats or not yet. I don't think you're going to guess who the leading tackler is if you don't. If you don't look, oh, I don't. I have no idea where. Yeah, to hey, I, I looked up and I was like, I mean, I saw him in the second half, but I was like, really? That's your leading tackler? Wow. So pull that up. Look at that top. Wow. Right okay. So I was very <laughs> impressed, Gene. So Blake made a couple. Of yeah, he looked tackler. good, but I was like, leading tackler. But there was a, a great play where he had coverage on the sideline. And uh, it was towards the goal line. It was as the drive was moving down. And I was like, man, good coverage. Who's that? Who's that safe? Yeah. Oh, that's 18. That's Blake. Just very impressive early on, Gene. He, he needs to put on a little bit more weight, but he's a true freshman. That's only yeah, natural. Yeah. But you can tell what the coaching staff thinks of this guy as you've got other players like Omar Graham, DeMarco Ward. Uh, you've got Dylan Brown Turner. You've got Justin Cryer. These are the guys that round out after those top three linebackers. But Blake got on the field awfully early tonight, Gene awfully early which is a good sign for his development and what the coaching staff sees from him in practice day for day by day like you said i think i think when we see a little bit in practice you tell okay this guy has the instincts he's got the smarts he's got the athleticism he just needs to get a little bigger but that's a wonderful thing about college you have nutritionists you have josh storms and the strength staff yep. i think a year or two you're going to see a totally different physicality out of this guy than what you see now but he's the things that you can't teach he's got yeah, you know the things yeah. that you can you can get them bigger and stronger and all those kind of things that will happen with time. So I mean, just seeing him out there and seeing how productive he is in just a small sample size is incredibly encouraging out there. So yeah, really excited about his future. And a lot of those young guys that came out on defense, Quindarius I saw got out there too. Mm-hmm. And you know how huge was that for that the the pick six that had that Jerry on. Was, yeah. for Jerry on that was a lot of fun to see too. So yeah, yeah. the defense. You know, a couple gar- little couple garbage scores in the second half. You know, it's going to happen, but still very encouraging from what I saw. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a line like this. I get there's a lot of incompletions, so that drives your potential for tackles down. But your leading tackle tackler has five. You know, and then there's <laughs> then there's a host of three. I mean that that says it all tonight for what the defense yeah. was able to do, how many bodies they were able to rotate in there, and this is how far Florida State has come in such a short period of time, Gene, that they dropped 66 on an opponent. That's probably a bowl team at the very least. They're going to be very good in the Sun Belt. Yeah, they might win the Sun Belt. They very well might win the Sun Belt. And yet, despite when 66 to 13, this is almost like the old days with the stand. You're like, yeah, they did pretty good. They weren't great tonight, 
they were okay at times. They were good at others. They weren't great hardly ever. So, you know, if Mike Norvell has been trying to send a message and uh, he, he was this week in practice, I promise you, he wrote the players really, he put them through the, the I mean, I'd say there were gassers on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, you saw the guys gasping for air and, and he was just on them, constantly on them on a short week. He was trying to get yeah. their minds sharp and for them to work through the physicality and the adrenaline of the LSU test. Uh, yeah, you, you can see where there's still more to come from Mike Norvell. He's got ammunition on the film to say, what the hell are you doing here? Why is this a mistake? Why isn't this detail sound? you got one more tune-up-ish with Boston College, who escaped Holy Cross today for a victory. <laughs> Good job, Boston College. Yeah. And then I know Clemson has blood in the water right now, but they'll they'll be the best version of themselves oh, the in two weeks' time. 100% you're going to get the real Clemson. I guess the other thing to really bring up, I think a storyline for this is also the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously a, a couple of new starters out there with uh, Robert Scott and Maurice Smith being sidelined. And, um, you know, we're, we're hoping for a quick recovery from those guys. All I'm going to say is, you know, we're not really supposed to get too much into injuries, but I'll just say whatever, you know, Mike Norvell said he doesn't think anything that's going on with injuries is serious. And I've heard nothing to otherwise. So I think, you know, just believe yeah. what Mike Norvell's saying, hope, you know, the hope is, you know, we hope they'll be back by Clemson, basically, because I think what we've seen out of BC, this group could be perfectly fine. And I think the line did fine. I think Bless, I remember one play. I think Bless got beat pretty bad on one play. Mm-hmm. And I think, but other than that, I think for the most part, they've been pretty solid. Yeah. So again, Robert Scott was out tonight. Maury Smith, those are your left tackle and center. For those of you that aren't like in the weeds with the offensive line, Bless Harris played left tackle. Casey Roddick, left guard. Darius Washington, center. Demetri Emanuel, right guard, and then Jeremiah Byers, 63, at right tackle. And Jeremiah was mixing it up a couple of times tonight. Two things to notice about 63. I think he wins the the award for the most profusely sweating throughout the game. <laughs> uh, he was soaked in the, on the, after the first drive. But then when Jordan got shoved in the face, remember there was the taunting call mm-hmm. on the other miss? 63 was one of the first guys. Rodney Hill also got into it. But you always love that when you have the yes. offensive linemen who are the enforcers who, who don't take anything from anybody. Well, yeah, 63, Jeremiah Byers was ready to throw down a couple of times tonight Good but after Jordan getting his head shoved. Uh, but this is an, a successful night for Florida State. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Akeem Dent goes down. It looks like yeah. otherwise Florida State came out of this relatively injury-free, and you set the stage for conference play now. Florida State has not played a conference game. They will do so for the first time next Saturday. That is a noon kick against Boston College, which means that the War Chant Game Day postgame show presented by our friends at DeLuna Coffee – will take place around 3.30 or 3.45. Gene, wow. what a concept. What a concept. It'll be a little earlier in the day next week. That will be a lot of fun. And I know soon we're going to open up the phone lines because this is the War Chant call-in show sponsored by DeLuna Coffee. So we will have some calls coming up real soon. And before we get those real quick, couple of things. You mentioned the upset of Alabama mm-hmm. by Texas, which for State in the poll. But I think we got to bring up the, uh, the, hate, the hate bowl. And that's Jimbo Fisher mm. going down to the Miami Hurricanes. And I'm surprised they had two or three fans going to be, by the way, great, like you say, great turnout today yep. at Hotel Indigo. And a couple of people that I, including one of my best friends, was, you know, saying how they were rooting for Miami. Ooh. The hatred for Jimbo runs that thick. And I'm I'm thinking, I go, look at this. Florida State, it benefits Florida State if Miami loses more than AM. But Whatever reason, but I, this is not bode well for Jimbo Fisher. The way this thing is going, I, I I would say, what are what are the Vegas odds that he'll be coaching in West Virginia 
at this time next year. <laughs> uh, fairly strong, strong to quite strong, as they say, and uh, meet the parents. Uh, yeah, Gene, I will never wave a flag for Jimbo ever. Um, I will wave a flag for the 2013 Seminoles. Absolutely. Yeah. But not for Jimbo specifically. But I can't go that far. And no, I'm with you. I'm never, I'm never cheering for the U. I don't care. It's not. The thing that – what's interesting is – and, and uh, the hate bowl, we'll, we'll get off of it in a second. But uh, if you said before it, the game kicked off at 3.30 that A&M was going to drop 33 points on Miami, what percentage chance would, would it be that A&M wins? You'd have it pretty high. What was the point? That had double the point total, right? There's no yeah. way that point total had to be – I mean, that's crazy. What, did they yeah. combine for 70 points? Yep. Yep. That's nuts. Yeah, the number was in the 40s, I want to say, something yeah, like that. High 30s, low 40s. It. Yeah. I don't so, know how that even happened. But. So maybe Miami's got something rolling. Uh, this is how that, this may, that may be the game. It may not be Clemson. It may be Miami. That yeah. may be the game this season. And if you, you know, you're trying to measure up to be the best version of yourselves, what's scary, Gene, is Florida State, at least personally speaking, I don't think they've come close. I don't think they've come close to playing a game where I say, now that is full cylinders Florida State University football. Well, they did for a half second half against LSU. Correct. You but put not that, for full, you're right, yeah. Put that together for 60 minutes and oh, it, I nobody mean, can beat them. If they did that for they they're beating Georgia. So okay, now that's interesting. As I was, was going to ask you, how yeah, how many teams are there that can rise up and challenge Florida State if they play 60 minutes of really really good Yeah, football. but I mean you're but you're asking a lot of teams can't play at their best for four quarters. I mean, if you Correct. could you, that so that's it's easier said than done. Yep. But they have what we've seen. They have the capability when they're firing on all cylinders that they're the best team in the country. Yep. So yep. I. But again, it's we're only in game two. You know there can be injuries. We've seen teams rise and fall. A lot, a lot of stuff can happen. We've been through this before. But you, ha, you can't be. You've got to be incredibly encouraged if you're a Florida State fan. How they've looked, like you said, even today in sloppy, they mm-hmm. posted 66 points against you know a decent. I'm not going to say they're. They're decent. Like I said, they're probably going to hit a bowl. They're competing for their conference championship. This isn't some slappy. What? What did Ohio? Who did Ohio State beat today? They, you know, it wasn't it wasn't impressive. Yeah, yeah. You know, they played a slappy, and Florida State basically doubled what they did against a better team. It's it's scary what's going on right now. And Holy uh, Cross and all these other teams. Come on. Dave says uh, refs are slow across the board. They need the Luna Coffee. Maybe they get the Pensacola Street yes. Sunset Brew. I should say the Pensacola. Sunset that is one of my Brew. favorites. Uh, maybe they need the Voodoo Espresso to be extra strong. I'll tell you about a couple more of those in just a second. Mr. Eric Angel, thank you so much. Tom and Gene, phone lines are busy. That's because they're not on yet. They're yeah, we got to open them up. Stadium lights are awesome, especially for the national anthem. Yeah, I want, I want some people hope we can call and can tell us the new LED lights. What was that? What was that experience like tonight? Rest still f sucked. <laughs> yes, they did, Eric. You nailed it. It's, what is it about? You know, I, I'm trying not to look at things through a lens of Florida State, and it seems like every game. There's just horrible calls. They always seem to go against Florida State, Tom. I, I just don't understand it. I know. And that feeds the beast right there. Eric Angel likes two things, blowout wins and bad yeah. referees that he's going to call out. So tonight, <laughs> check the box for him. John, thank you very much. Great to see the development of the backups, he writes. 11 receivers caught a pass, nine running backs for positive yards, and 20-plus defensive players with a tackle, and three to four deep O-line playing. That's right. Three deep, yeah. four deep. Saw a lot of young guys get in there across the board. John, great observation. Thank you very much. John Bagwell, what was up with Wilson tonight? Can't be dropping as oh, many that was as a rough night. I, Who was worse, him or Kadarius Tony on uh, – I like to call him Cadaverous Tony last Thursday night. <laughs> um, that was – I mean, I've never seen a, a receiver single-handedly lose a game for a team. That was yeah. awful. Yeah. 
Uh, agreed. I, I don't know the the proper answer to what I mean. If you did, you'd, you'd make Johnny a lot of money because if he could just catch the ball, he puts himself in position. It's a shame because he's you know we know how talented he is and he's getting the separation. He's putting every, he's doing everything right, but he's just not finishing up. And he's unfortunately he's costing himself a lot of money. He hasn't cost Florida State a game yet, but. Man, if you could only consistently catch the football, football, he's going to be a first-round pick. I know our Corey Clark will probably talk about this on Wake Up War Channel, maybe in his column. I think a couple of those actually might have been catches because he had a couple feet and then he gets to the ground. But, you know, you're allowed to secure it all the way through the ground. Yeah. It's absolutely allowed. Noel Kev, he's talking about <laughs> it's late, but another Xbox headset red solo cup kind of night. All we right, have that photo. Go. There it is. There it is. There you go. A little young Tommy Lang. What a guy he was. Strange. Ian Laird just got on. Did we talk about Mr. Drops? Johnny Wilson. Drops. Oh, boy. Ian, hopefully we can drop the ceremony there on the Mr. Buffalo Tom, sloppiest 66 points I ever saw. Listening to Gene, the inside kick and Wildcat, is just putting things on tape. Yeah. yeah. That could be. That could be some of that, too. Bill of the People. You're new. Welcome. I like I the name. I disagree. The more wins Miami has this season, the better it looks for us when we stomp them. Fair enough. Uh, I would say Florida State right now is in playoff position. Florida State needs no help from the strength of opponents should Florida State run the table here. But if you'd like to have a hiccup, uh, meaning a get-out-of-jail-free card for a hiccup, then you need another challenger or two to build that resume. For I, I want Miami to go 0-12. I'm sorry. I just want to go 0-12 every year and mm -hmm. just, just die and end the program. I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't disagree. Mark Linder, uh, what, what did Mark have to say there? Stadium lights were awesome. Says Ralph says they were awesome. Well, there we go. Yeah, that's good enough for me. Hey, did the ACC Network go to a local bar and get two drunks to call the game? <laughs> and again, two drunks would have been. Uh, oh, man. Our apologies to George Sedano and uh, tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't disagree all that much, though, Mark. Uh, Trey Harper, does Johnny Wilson stay in the starting lineup? A threat that cannot catch is not a threat. I don't think we're there yet, but I think we're starting to, to uh, get to a place that you, it has to be a discussion because Jordan looks like he's at a loss. You know, the, the body language from Jordan is not good. Vishal, thank you so much. Vishal. One of the, the pregame show guys from years ago that uh, it's been a pleasure to see him at Corner Pocket and Indigo over the years. Yep. Hopefully we see you this season soon, Vishal, you and your family. Uh, but appreciate it. If you got a question, feel free to throw that into the chat. Gene, any final thoughts before we go to break and uh, fire up these phone lines? Uh, final thoughts. No, I think our, our fans have pretty much nailed it with all their comments about yeah. the uh, ACC network, about the officiating, about Johnny's drops, onside kicks, Wildcats. Um, I don't know. I think we pretty much covered it all. Okay. And we'll, we'll take your questions in just a moment. This is the War Chant Game Day post-game call-in show. We're going to have the phone number. Uh, let's put up the phone number for just a couple seconds before we go to break. Uh, the phone number, there it is, 850-805-5911. It's always been the same, and I nailed it tonight for the first time in about There you go, years. Tom. You're, now you're in midseason form. You're not dropping the number. I'm not, no, I'm not the Johnny Wilson of reading the phone number. <laughs> 850. It's a, I hope Johnny is not watching this show. I love Johnny. I really do. He's a selfless player. Just, yeah. you know, let, let's fix what's going We're on having here. having a little fun. You got to fix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm a big believer in Johnny. So we'll be right back. This is the War Chant Game Day Post Game Call Show presented by DeLuna Coffee. The finest football program in the state and rolling into 2023 with a Heisman contender. Stay connected with everything Florida State over at the ultimate seminal sports source, warchant.com. 
expert insight from five-star Irish Chauffel, the wit and perspective of FSU Encyclopedia Corey Clark, the latest on FSU recruiting with entrenched reporter Michael Langston, and the most active community of FSU fans anywhere. Warchant.com is part of the On3 network with a national team of reporters and resources that have created industry-leading consensus recruiting ratings, transfer portal rankings, and NIL analytics. Head over to Warchant.com to take advantage of this offer as FSU heads into a 2023 season with sky-high expectations. There's fun to be had every night at the Corner Pocket. Take home prizes on Trivia Tuesdays and Beer Bingo Thursdays. And kickstart your weekend with Martini Fridays. Plus, happy hour runs every weekday and game day specials every time the Knolls take the field. Watch all the best games at the Corner Pocket's Vegas Wall, featuring 560 inches of flat screen TV heaven. Oh, really? The best food, the best drinks, and the best place to watch all the games. Tallahassee loves the Corner Pocket. This is all the benefits of uh, being a War Chant subscriber, right? If you're watching right now, you can look along with me. You'll see Garnet and Gold 10% off special War Chant Days promos each month with exclusive offers for WarChant.com members, priority access, and free gear at War Chant events. That's doing some things, right? Got to do it. Ask War Chant anything subscriber-only shows featuring the entire staff, a little Q&A with the entire staff, and coming soon, a new mobile app with improved functionality and less ads. That's really a good thing. Join the largest FSU fan community on the internet, everybody, at WarChant.com. It's not close. Let's go. Get it on. Sign up today. Picture this. Saturday morning, November the 4th, 9 a.m. Game day's on your TV, and FSU has dismantled their ACC schedule to this point. They're 8-0. Kirk, Reese, McAfee, and Desmond are debating whether the Knolls are going to be the number one or number two seed in the playoff, and JT13 is the front man for the Heisman. Life's pretty good, and guess what? It's going to get better, because your DeLuna Coffee War Chant bundle came in the mail yesterday. You tell your wife, I'm not superstitious, as you pour your DeLuna Voodoo Coffee blend into your new stainless steel tumbler. You add a scoop of cocoa to die for from DeLuna, and mutter a curse under your breath onto the pit secondary. No voodoo necessary for that, though. The opponent was doomed from the start. Johnny and Keon, they don't need DeLuna's help to make the opponent's life a living hell. But in honor of the 2023 FSU offense, enjoy the DeLuna Coffee Pick Your Poison Bundle. Check the drop-down menu for all available options. Wake up and enjoy DeLuna Coffee today. Head to DeLunaCoffee.com. That's DeLunaCoffee.com. Hopefully you'll be enjoying a DeLuna coffee in the morning, or if you're like me, you make a post-game cocktail as we celebrate Florida State being 2-0 and tonight. Cheers to Eugene Williams. I'm enjoying Hawaiian coffee right now. Well done, Tom, on the uh, commercial of DeLuna. Man, that got me fired up. I can't wait to wake up in the morning and have my Blue Angel mix. Well, hopefully I got to credit the copy to our friend Ed Lemmix, the godfather, and uh, his assistant out there to the west in the panhandle of the state of Florida. Hopefully they're correct about being eight. No, that would be uh, that would like be that. fantastic. Well, uh, that'd be great. We run that ad then. Yeah. <laughs> it's where we're at. Is that eight? No, is that pit? Yeah, eight, no. yeah. Start the game at pit. You'll be eight. Yeah. No, at kickoff. So thank you, Brett, for that copy. Hopefully we can just you know not have to refresh Keep running it. Yeah, for a bad reason. So I do have a bit of a bad news right now. Uh, our phone system is being annoying, and it won't let me launch. I'm gonna fix it. We see you in the queue right now, but it will not let me connect to it. Ben and I tested it at halftime. It was fine. It's being stingy. 
So for right now, Gene, I'd like to talk about one thing about the quarterbacks, then we're going to take another yeah. quick break to, to fire up the phone lines. But it was, it's not about the starter. It's not about the starter, and it's not about the backup. The backup, really? Tate Rodemaker, comes in, early pass. He's three for three, two scores. Marquise and Douglas, that was not a picture-perfect uh, clinic and tackling by Southern Miss <laughs> after 85 catches the ball. Saw a couple of those plays. Wait do you see the highlights tonight, folks, of Texas and Alabama. Another game where tackling mm. is just awful, awful on a couple of plays that go for long scores. But it's the third guy who comes in, Gene. And was it going to be number 10, A.J. Duffy, who's a redshirt freshman? Or was it going to be number 11, Brock Glenn, who is a true freshman? Florida State decided to go with number 11, Brock Glenn, the true freshman. Now that he has come in as the third quarterback in the order, Gene, I think it's fair to say that practice performance suggested that Brock Glenn has passed A.J. Duffy. I didn't know that the coaching staff was willing to signal that to both guys and to the fan base that the leap had been made. But what other conclusion can you draw at this point than Brock Glenn is squarely ahead of A.J. Duffy? Yeah, I was kind of surprised. that uh, when I, I didn't realize until I saw the number. I, I first thought Duffy was out there, and I saw when he took off mm-hmm. running. I go, that's Glenn. He's in there. And I think the broadcasters even said something about it. They were surprised to see him out there. They go, he's not even the third string. Right. So, yeah, like you said, it's one thing to kind of see it with your own eyeballs and get maybe some extra reps and practice ahead of one ahead of the other. But when you go on national TV in a home game and your first you know, opportunity to get yeah. out there in that environment and he jumps the one, I mean, it, it, let's face it, A.J. Duffy's probably after the season going to be going in the transfer portal. We hope he doesn't. It'd be great if he stayed. But you also have a highly regarded quarterback also coming in in this class with Luke. So I really think you're, you have so many quarterbacks here. I really think there's a good chance he will go. And then I think the competition is going to be Glenn versus Rodemaker in the spring for that starting position. So you're absolutely right, Tom. I think that that was the, probably the final signal about what's going on in the depth chart right now. You never know. Maybe Duffy has a really strong couple of months in practice and, and is able to bounce back in the thing. But for now, Glenn seems to have a stronghold on that number three spot. Yeah, I was just, because you're correct, Gene, I think this now puts A.J. Duffy on transfer portal watch. How could it not? I don't think that's being salacious on our part in speculation. It's just the nature of the beast these days, especially the quarterback position. People forget this, but the quarterback position predated the transfer portal in terms of guys leaving. That, That happened before NIL and before the transfer portal became what it is. The quarterback shuffle was a thing. Uh, just look at Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, among many, many others that moved from one place to the other. You could talk about Baker Mayfield. Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis, right. I mean, there's a lot of examples that predate the current form of the transfer portal. So now that you have the transfer portal on top of that trend, and you've got a guy like Brock Glenn, Tate Rodemaker, who will be a 19th-year senior going into spring practice, I would think that those two, at the very least, battle it out in spring with Luke Cromanhawk. Uh, but I mean, chances are, Gene, if you were going to handicap it right now, it's a dead heat between Tate Rodemaker and Brock Glenn to start next year in Dublin. Maybe Brock Glenn might be slightly ahead because of how quickly he's acclimated Ooh, to the offense. We're really to put Glenn ahead of Rodemaker uh, with another camp, not right now. So if Jordan went down in a game, heaven forbid, right now, it's Tate Rodemaker. But you're saying that when we're all in Dublin, we're sipping some Guinness, and you're saying we're getting ready for that game, and you're saying. Brock Glenn is rolling out there taking the first nap. I'm saying there's a, a Tom really is on tape. Thomas yeah. said it here, guys. So I'll give you credit. That happens. I'm still going my man, Rodemaker. I just think in a game, I, I just think, look, that could change. I think one of those things where it could change in season next year. But I have to think the first game, a guy with that much experience, he knows the system. He's been out in real games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. 
Yeah, this is so far ahead and so many things can happen a year from now. But I'm just going to go with the veteran at this point. But the fact that we're having this conversation, a true freshman is in the position to challenge for that starting position shows you how well Glenn has played so far in practice such a short period of time. If this was a horse race and you're backing the horse that is Brock Glenn, he's already passed one. He's already passed one. That's true. He's got momentum. Now he's third on the chart. Now we'll see if they use him for more than four games this year. That's the next conversation because Florida State should be in a position to uh, have a big lead, Gene, in more than just four games this year. We'll see how they manage that particular scenario. Uh, Another word about our friends at DeLuna Coffee right now. We will break in just a moment, but here, uh, just a couple of things. If you want to back another company that has been a longtime sponsor of Warchant TV and the Warchant family, that is DeLuna Coffee. They've been a wake-up Warchant sponsor for a long, long time at Lemmick's. He's a great guy to hang out with. He's been at many of our events, live events, meet and greets. Out in Pensacola is where DeLuna is headed. He's an FSU alum. He owns and operates it. Ed and Brett Lemmicks have combined 30 years of experience in the coffee industry. DeLuna's claim to fame is their Blue Angels Blend Coffee, known as the first ever food or beverage item to be licensed by a military branch. That's really, really cool. So mm-hmm. exposure now to the post-game show audience. The wake-up audience knows all about these things. But DeLuna also collaborates with two local law enforcement agencies, the Pensacola Police Department and Escambia County Sheriff's Office. A percentage of proceeds from all of their brews benefit various charities, including U.S. Uh, the High Noons Lawman's Blend goes to the U.S. Navy Morale, Welfare, and Recreation Program. Awesome. The Rally Foundation of Pensacola and the Escambia County Sheriff's Foundation, all respectively. Outstanding work from our friends at DeLuna Coffee. They support the program. They support Warchant. DeLunaCoffee.com is the website, DeLunaCoffee.com. We're going to take a short break, see if we can get these phone systems yes. to kick in. Damn it. It's Sunday morning. Come on now. Hopefully, they maybe they can sip on some DeLuna Coffee, the Voodoo Blend, which are now BOGO right now on DeLunaCoffee.com, the Voodoo Blend from DeLuna Coffee. I'm going to put some of these beans in the phone system to get it to work. <laughs> We'll be right back in just a few minutes here on the War Chant Game Day postgame show presented by DeLuna Coffee. The finest football program in the state and rolling into 2023 with a Heisman contender. Stay connected with everything Florida State over at the ultimate seminal sports source, WarChant.com. Expert insight from five-star Irish Ophel, the wit and perspective of FSU Encyclopedia Corey Clark, the latest on FSU recruiting with entrenched reporter Michael Langston, and the most active community of FSU fans anywhere. Warchant.com is part of the On3 network with a national team of reporters and resources that have created industry-leading consensus recruiting ratings, transfer portal rankings, and NIL analytics. Head over to Warchant.com to take advantage of this offer as FSU has into a 2023 season with sky-high expectations. There's fun to be had every night at the Corner Pocket. Take home prizes on Trivia Tuesdays and Beer Bingo Thursdays. And kickstart your weekend with Martini Fridays. Plus, happy hour runs every weekday and game day specials every time the Knolls take the field. Watch all the best games at the Corner Pocket's Vegas Wall featuring 560 inches of flat-screen TV heaven. Oh, really? The best food, the best drinks, and the best place to watch all the games. Tallahassee loves the Corner Pocket. This is all the benefits of uh, being a War Chant subscriber, right? If you're watching right now, you can look along with me. You'll see Garnet and Gold 10% off special War Chant Days promos each month with exclusive offers for WarChant.com members, priority access, and free gear at War Chant events. That's doing some things, right? Got to do it. 
Ask War Chant, anything subscriber-only shows featuring the entire staff, a little Q&A with the entire staff, and coming soon, a new mobile app with improved functionality and less ads. That's really a good thing. Join the largest FSU fan community on the internet, everybody, at warchant.com. It's not close. Let's go. Get it on. Sign up today. Picture this. Saturday morning, November the 4th, 9 a.m. Game day's on your TV, and FSU has dismantled their ACC schedule to this point. They're 8-0. Kirk, Reese, McAfee, and Desmond are debating whether the Knolls are going to be the number one or number two seed in the playoff, and JT13 is the front man for the Heisman. Life's pretty good, and guess what? It's going to get better, because your DeLuna Coffee War Chant bundle came in the mail yesterday. You tell your wife, I'm not superstitious, as you pour your DeLuna Voodoo Coffee blend into your new stainless steel tumbler. You add a scoop of cocoa to die for from DeLuna and mutter a curse under your breath onto the pit secondary. No voodoo necessary for that, though. The opponent was doomed from the start. Johnny and Keon, they don't need DeLuna's help to make the opponent's life a living hell. But in honor of the 2023 FSU offense, enjoy the DeLuna Coffee Pick Your Poison Bundle. Check the drop-down menu for all available options. Wake up and enjoy DeLuna Coffee today. Head to DeLunaCoffee.com. That's DeLunaCoffee.com. Director Ben on the production of that Dylan Coffee spot as well. The video production. Good job, Director Ben. The phone lines are working. It took nine attempts attempt to get that voice to say, welcome host. But now we are live and ready to go on the War Chant game day postgame call-in show. I see the folks are being screened right now. So we will jump in in just a moment. Uh, actually, you know what? Gene, I'm going to pick a guy because I, I have some notes from a previous call. He's one of our favorites. He's calling in for the 34th time on the War Chant Game Day post-game call-in show. It is Josh in New York. Josh, a little more subdued than last week. We're not at Hooch Bar with a, a thousand people shouting at the top of their lungs, but we're happy nonetheless to be 2-0 and and talking to you. Welcome to the program. How are you doing tonight? Tommy, Tom, and Gino! I still have the energy. There you go. I still have it for all the way from New York. You know, we won because I don't take any win for granted, as we've seen over the last couple of years. But here's some observations that I did have, and I wanted your opinion about this. I've seen uh, two of our former commits, Chubba Purdy and uh, Jeff Sims, both playing for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And not it's not working out for them. Um, and I just want to know, number one, do we think AJ might not maybe join them or <laughs> would he uh, be in a transfer reporter? And then uh, – Second question is, given the given the Mike Norvell's uh, policy, I don't want to get you guys in trouble, but I haven't heard too much about Kentron Poitier. Okay. Is there anything going on? Thanks, guys. Well, Talk we, to you. we appreciate it. Thank you, Josh. And Thanks, he did Josh. have the energy. Very impressive for 105 in the morning. Yes, he, and he's East like- Coast. So, I mean, he's with us, Josh, and appreciate, appreciate you bringing it strong to the show. And so, uh, that, that means a lot to us. So, to, uh, well, how do you want to address these? What yeah. do you want to start with, Tom? I'll start with a second. Hi, Runner Angela. We love you, too. Yes. Hope to see you at an event uh, here soon. And, Angela, it's getting cooler in the morning, so you don't have to run at 4.30 anymore. So there you go. Hopefully the runs go well for you later in the morning. Um, this is the thing that I think is silly about the injury policy, Gene. And, and look, I, I love the practice access, so we abide by these rules. It's a good trade. But I have to say about Kentron, no comment. What do you think? I mean, you know, that's the silly thing. Is like, I can't comment on that. 
Well, yeah, doesn't that yeah. tell you something? So, you know, whatever. But that's officially what I need to say about Kentron. No comment. Uh, I think you'll see him. I think you'll see him in the mix. Uh, and then the uh, the first question was about the transfer portal. Yeah, like, would, would AJ go to Nebraska to join the other two? Um, you know, I think he's a favorite to be in the portal at this point, Gene. We just hit on that before the break. But yeah. I, I think you agree he's a favorite at this point to hit the portal. Yeah, I think the odds, if you're laying odds, would be very much in favor of him by, you know, being in the portal before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's funny when I got a call during the game from a friend of mine watching the Nebraska game going, boy, did, you know, it was, it was actually a complimentary post to, um, to Mike Norvell. Cause I think people, if you may remember on Sims mm-hmm. that he was Willie Taggart, that was his quarterback. It was his guy. Yeah. That was the number one guy he was bringing in. That was in as soon as Mike Norvell came in, he went in to credit to Mike. He went over, he looked at the film. He went over, met with, Jeff Sims and just said, I don't think you're a good fit for us. Yeah. And gave him the opportunity to go elsewhere. And, you know, unfortunately for the young man, it hasn't worked out very well, but you can see, he could see looking at the film that this was not, he was not the kind of guy they needed for this team. Mm -hmm. And that's credit to Mike Norvell. But yeah, that was, I didn't even watch the second half, but watching that first half was just a disaster um, for Sims and that Nebraska team. They were just God awful. I mean, it was bad it's bad ugly football on both sides of the ball he couldn't stop turning over the ball nebraska might be ahead at the break i'm not going to say they're going to win but they, they they would have been ahead of the break if he just would stop turning the ball over what is what is the snap some guys in motion and the snaps hitting guys in motion and he's just it just it was awful i think they had four turnovers in the first half and every single turnover was unforced yep. it was just complete buffoonery on their side of the ball yeah this is the thing gene where, where you want to put in perspective how far florida state's come in just a few years uh, Florida State lost to a team quarterback by Jeff Sims not that long ago. That's, yeah, that's right, Georgia Tech, man. And now Florida State is a top three team in the country. I mean, yeah. just life comes at you fast sometimes the good way. Uh, to the nearly 1,000 of you that are tuned in right now that are Warriors going into the 1 a.m. Yes. hour on the East Coast, thank you for being here on War Chant Game Can't Day. Can't say 1 and I guess we got to go to 2 a.m. to be 2 and 0, right, Tom? We could try. <laughs> no, let's not. I'm, I don't know why I put that out in the universe. There's no reason for that. I think you set the over under uh, 145, and I'm hoping we go under on that. Here we go. Well, if the boss man says, then it shall be. But uh, I've got the voodoo blend. This is the Deluna Coffee voodoo blend. Right now, go to DelunaCoffee.com. now. It is BOGO. BOGO tonight. And get you a War Chant bundle while you're they at They want those PFF grades because everybody wants to know how Johnny Wilson's going to grade out. <laughs> Oh, God. Because <laughs> the drop is a category in, in PFF. Oh, right? yeah, it is. You get a grade just for that. that. I guess he may get a zero on that, right? That might be like a J1. Unless they count the one that he caught that they waved off. But other mm-hmm. than that, it's like, what do we have, 11 receivers catch a pass and he wasn't one of them? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's crazy. It wasn't. Everybody is smiling tonight except for maybe that guy. You know, I think everybody oh. on the team is like, all right, feel good about what I did tonight on the football field. Not so much Johnny. And again, I'm not trying to crack jokes because I think he is a guy you win with. I think that's yeah. because he's into there'll be, there'll be days. Johnny's going to win you a game yeah. here at some point. 100, 100%. I am not getting on the, the wrong side of Johnny Wilson. I think he'll end up being a really, really good football player again this season. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a four-alarm fire. A rough I mean, night. Like, phew, right here. So next up on the War Chant Game Day postgame call-in show. Uh-huh. We're going uh, stadium side. Maybe he's still in traffic. Maybe he's at the corner pocket. Who the hell knows? We're about to find out. It's Pillar Eric. Eric Angel, welcome to the postgame calling show. Any F-bombs tonight or are we keeping it clean, brother? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what's up? How about them Noles, baby? There you go. How you about them Noles? So, Eric, you're not, again, not a fan of the officials tonight, huh? 
Oh, you know I did that on purpose. I knew I was going to get him. Hey, Eric, you know what? You called for yeah. two blowouts. You've called for two blowouts this year, and you got him. How does that feel? Oh, that feels fantastic, man. As a matter of fact, I'm going to call one more blowout. Not next week, but the following week. When we go to Clemson, hey, Debo, I got some words for you. Suck it. 63 <laughs> to 17, baby. Woo! All right, from Pillar Eric. I think I think now they just retire after that. He may say, "You know what? I'm done." Uh, he started the the kegerade or the kegtacular. He called for blowouts, a ten win season, the blowout over LSU. What do you got for us now, Eric? Uh, your thoughts on the crowd tonight, and any other observations you have? Go ahead. Well, the crowd was phenomenal, and especially our new LED lights, man. That was neat at the national anthem. I like that. That was really cool, and the touchdowns too. Yep. Yeah. That's a good note. Jordan Travis, man. Jordan, he's on his way for the Heisman. And I tell you what, he's got a shot. He keeps playing like he does. He's got a shot. He does. I think that that's fair. Uh, and thank you, Eric, for the call. We'll talk about the crowd in just a second, Gene, because yeah. I thought it was really notable, just the the energy even dating back to last night. But if you're looking for Heisman frontrunners in the country right now, the short list, uh, Quinn Ewers tonight at Texas may put his name on the list uh, with the way that they beat Alabama, the manner in which they beat Alabama. Jordan Travis has to be at the top or second or third on the list as we stand tonight. I mean, monumental numbers. And he has not played his best complete football game. Not even close to this point, but the numbers are going to be there, Gene. My fear of with him is just the lack of competition. I just don't know if there's going to be any more. Mar- I mean, maybe Miami will be that marquee game. We'll see. But I'm I'm concerned that he's not going to have those top 10 huge. I mean, obviously, he started the season out that way. But that's going to be – people are going to forget about that LSU game when it comes time to vote in December. Yep. Um so I, I'm a little concerned about that, but in terms of he should be in the mix, people throwing Sanders kid out there. But I mean, once he plays a real team, he's going to get completely blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, of course, Caleb Williams still has to be the front runner. Yep, he's the defending guy out there, and from what I've seen so far, he hasn't done anything to not be the leading candidate again this year. But yeah, Jordan should absolutely be up there. And, I, and I'm sorry, I, 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 I spoke to Eric the other day, and I put mm-hmm. the challenge out there. He's got to come up with a new plan. And I think it's playoffs. I think when Florida State it makes the playoffs this year, we have to have a new tackle or something. But Eric yeah. has to come up with a game plan for what the War Chant staff has to do. So anybody in the chat on the message boards, help Eric out, come up with some ideas. We're game. We'll do something silly. But we I proved think, it. I think it's playoffs or bust. I think if even making the AC, winning the ACC is go. not enough. You got to be in the playoffs. Welcome to the train of playoffs or bust. I'm there. I'm on the train. Choo-choo. That- Outstanding, yeah. And uh, Eric, the challenge is issued back to you. You get the yep. largest vote when it comes to this uh, because he knows we'll follow through. We are not scared. Yeah. That was a quick turnaround, Gene. That was a late night against Florida, and we were there eight hours later at the CP doing uh, funnels and keg stands. So yep. we certainly are not afraid. All right, let's head over to Denver now. Uh, there's a couple issues going on in the screening room, but there we go. Denver, Vincent, Vincent from Denver. Your fourth time on the War Chant Game Day post-game call show. Welcome to the program. Vincent, give us your thoughts. Thank you so much, Tom and Gene. Um, so I kind of noticed FTCU has had now back-to-back games with the pick. And uh, we also had a you know, few near misses you know, with the picks as well, too, for that matter as well. And I don't recall the last time that we had back-to-back games with an interception. Mm. And I was curious if you feel like uh, Pat Sertan's coaching is making a difference right now or if you feel like maybe it's still too early to tell if our defensive backs, you know, you know, are, are actually growing compared, 
and what we had going on from last year. That's a great question, Vincent. That's a good um, observation, Tom. And I think, and I want to go to you because you see more practices than I did this, but it seems like the defensive backs were much more aggressive, yep. getting hands on the balls more than we've seen in years. And, I, and it has to be, I would think, I mean, you got a new defensive backs coach in Patrick Sertain, and I yep. think that has to be part of it. Yeah, this is on a tee. I love this question for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Last year, Florida State had just eight interceptions all season long. They played uh, 13 games. That's not good enough. 16 turnovers in general were generated. Uh, but within two practices this fall, like I get that they had a new position coach in the spring, but the, the jump happened to me, Gene, over the summer because the coaching uh, is now more in tune with the players. You can get on the field in certain circumstances with players over the summer where that used to be a big no-no. It is now allowed by the NCAA. And the development between spring and fall camps was just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Within two days of acclimation, they hadn't put the pads on yet you see where the, the players' eyes are and how they find the football. And Coach Sertan said it to Corey in the interview they did at the luncheon that zone eyes was, was a key for them. That's a term, a mantra, zone eyes. Even though they're playing in man, you can still – he's like, look, if, you, if you're behind in coverage, yes, you trail, you get your hands up at the point of the catch to try and break mm-hmm. on the ball, break up a pass. And, and Southern Miss pulled that off a couple of times tonight where they're in trail, so to speak. But you're allowed to turn your head around and find the football, which is just – let's see again. I think uh, Ralph keeps on getting generated up to – so bless you, Ralph. <laughs> bless you by, by all means. Uh, but this has been a, an absolute night and day process. And there's a play, Gene, to me in the second half where it is exemplified. Edwin Joseph, number 13, is defending a play in the end zone. He does not come down with the interception. He doesn't follow through on the play. Squares his shoulders up to the ball, gets up, does the hard work. Reminds me of young Tavares McFadden. Um, He didn't come down with the pass, but you're not in a position like that last year with the coaching. Mm -hmm. I think there's a huge difference with Coach Sertan. Your your thoughts, Gene, but that's just – I love that question because I – He's yeah, right. Vincent is correct. I perked up as soon as I heard that because I go, that's what we saw in practice. And it's nice when we see – sometimes we see stuff in practice and it's frustrating when it doesn't translate to the field. And we saw the defensive backs be – and you guys, I know a lot of you guys raved about it. And I, I saw a bunch of posts on the message, Tribal Council being like, you guys say this every year about the defensive backs. I go, no, we don't. Not like this. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I think that goes to Patrick Sertain's coaching. There should have been another interception in the game, and I still want to see the replay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there is a good replay because they only showed – I don't know if there is a good shot of that. There might have been another interception in the game. So, yeah, yeah. that that goes a long way, especially when you have a dominant defensive line because there's going to be more opportunities for those defensive backs to make plays on the ball in the secondary if they put themselves, like you said, Tom, in the correct position to make yep. plays and they weren't doing that before and they're doing that now. So that's very exciting. I'll put my hand up as the guy, Gene, who has said that the, that the defensive backs are better like three years in a row only to get roasted every year. But you know, the mm-hmm. thing I know in hindsight now, I was wrong about that was that it was just that Florida state's receivers weren't very good for several years. So when you're going against yourselves in camp and you got a guy dominating, it wasn't about his skill. It was about that there was a lack of skill at receiver, but now you watch camp and the competition so good that Gene, even against the ones in fall camp, Pick six has happened. Interception yeah. in the end zone happened. I mean, that's that's something they rep every day. I'll tell you guys before we go to Ralph, our next caller, too. They have a drill in red zone where you have the defensive backs. One plays receiver. One plays his position. And they both vie for the ball. Like that, It's just that's the emphasis that they have on fighting for the football at all times. Well, and, you, it, and to right? go back to Corey's iron sharpens iron, when you have a Heisman candidate quarterback throwing the ball and you have Keon Coleman, the NFL first-round guy, maybe Johnny even. Yep. I mean, they are getting pushed 
by the most elite talent and all. I mean, that that's what it does. When you play the best, you're gonna it's gonna raise your game too. And I think that has really helped that process as well. Agreed. Vincent, look forward to hearing from you for the fifth time next time on the War yeah. Champ Post Game Show. Thanks for calling in. Still Saturday where Vincent is. It's Sunday morning here, back in Hawaii, where he will be after he travels home this week. It's like dinner time for Ralph. But welcome to the program, Spartan Old 71. It's been a pleasure to see you in Tallahassee and Orlando last couple of weeks. And uh, what do you have to say about tonight, good sir? Uh, thank, thank you, guys. Aloha. How's it? Um, really not a whole lot to say about the game. The guys did what they were supposed to do, and it felt great that they really learned how to truly dominate the teams that they're supposed to. So it finally feels like we're really on that sustainable level now, whereas if you remember the victories over the so-called fifth-ranked North Carolina a few years ago, Mm-hmm. We're back. We didn't feel right. This feels really, really right. So that's really the only thing I could say about tonight's game. Um, the first half drops, you guys have already covered it. It just seemed like we had a an off first half for some reason. We're going to get over that. There's no doubt about that. What I wanted to call in tonight for as I head back home Tuesday to my queen of heart, the love of my life that's waiting on me. You guys have been fantastic. Uh, Orlando here, CP last night, the pregame to, uh, this afternoon. Gene on down, everybody at War Chant. You guys are so freaking awesome. Um, I know I said this after the Oklahoma game when I called in that I'm so happy you guys get to cover a winning team. I heard it in your voice throughout the pre-camp, the fall camp, and now we fans are getting to finally experience that with you, and it's so freaking awesome aloha to everybody out there i love you all i met zach z chan today met uh some other war chanters last week in orlando so i'm slowly getting to meet everybody i love you all be safe be good and most importantly be kind we'll see you guys from miami yeah oh yeah you got it ralph man i just love ralph calling in it was great to, great to hang out with ralph in orlando and today uh, for the pregame show and safe Ralph safe travels back to Hawaii. We'll see if he said he's told me he's coming back for the Miami game. Yep. And uh, man, there, there's not a better FSU fan out there than Ralph. No, totally agree. Got to sit down with him in the corner pocket last night, uh, have a beer together and uh, just have a chat about life. Uh, he's a great guy. And we have a lot of those here in the war chant community. And thank you to the nearly 1000 of you that are watching war chant game days, post game show presented by DeLuna. Uh, without you guys, we are not here. And it's great when, you know, you get a chance to meet people like Ralph face-to-face. Next time you make it out to one of our events, everybody, maybe for Miami weekend, find Spartan Old 71. It'll enrich your day. It'll make your day better. Uh, and uh, we enjoy talking to you. And, we, and he mentioned Z-Chan, and we got to thank Z-Chan right yeah. now. He's not calling in tonight. Oh, my gosh. He wanted to go hit the hay. <laughs> okay, the official DMD of Warchant TV. But he offers a crown. Get it? A crown goes to none other than the, the Hurdle King himself and Keon yes. and Tate with a 446 quarterback rating. Way to take care of business. Go Knowles. Like and subscribe. There you go, Z-Chan. Thank you for the I got I got my, my QB rating, it says on the uh, on stat broadcast, has Tate Rodemaker at a 524.4 QBR. Oh. So, right. uh, I don't know. I don't know. Tate needs to pick that up a little bit. Yeah, Z-Chan, uh, you know, maybe lowballing him a little bit. Z-Chan, hope you're sleeping like a baby right now. Yeah, he, did, he deserved it. It's good to see him out at the pregame show, too. It held, what a great crowd, man. You guys packed mm-hmm. that place out, and Jay and his whole staff did a great job. 
love having the TV out there. So it's good to listen to you and Jeff do the pregame show and have get to watch the Miami A&M game at the same time. That was great times out there. Actually, except for your except for your computers almost caught on fire, but other than that, everything was great. It, it was warm, wasn't it? <laughs> Here's the thing about uh, coming to Hotel Indigo, folks, is they've got an air conditioned part of the operation. Yes. Where, and they've got clean bathrooms, cold drinks, and fresh food. They register sausage out there today too, which was delicious. I munched on that before I went home. Uh, I want to do something. I'm going to break uh, protocol, Director Ben, real quick. Just because, Gene, it's good karma. Florida State scored over 60 points tonight. We did this last week. We don't have the watch-along function anymore on a regular basis. We might do a special one. I think for Clemson, I'm sorry, we're getting a lot of people saying that. I think for Clemson, we may need to come up with something. There's been a little bit of an outpouring there. We'll get get up with D-Rob, say maybe we can get that done. So, Director Ben, I want to click the button. Because it's like anything else. I want to push the button just uh, for everybody's sake tonight. Enjoy this. Raise a glass as we hit these from our own legend, Gene Deckerhoff. Touchdown, Abajo! Touchdown, Abajo! Oh, there's a lot more than that. Touchdown, Abajo! Touchdown, Abajo! And the last Touchdown, Abajo! Touchdown, Abajo! The third one's my favorite because it's galactic, Gene Deckerhoff, as I like to call it. Uh, but that that should be the drinking game, Gene, is everybody salutes and uh, says cheers to one another as uh, old Deckerhoff appears on the screen. Uh, now, Z-Chan himself pointed to the hurtling wonder that is Keon mm-hmm. Coleman. Director Ben, if you want to find either that photo or the video loop again, we just need to sit back and bask in the glow of what is Keon Coleman's brief tenure at Florida State. But for a one-year wonder, I mean, outside of maybe Walter Jones, I don't know a guy that's going to make an impact in such a short time. Keon has been a phenom, Gene. He's going to mm-hmm. go in the first round. He can't not go in the first round. And you got to think, uh, I think, uh, 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 what's the name? The ESPN draft analyst, Kuiper, had him at number yep. 14. And that was before, that he had him 14 overall. That was before him blowing up for three touchdowns against LSU and before that hurdle. Mm-hmm. So you got to wonder. I don't know if he's going to catch uh, uh, what's the, what's the guy uh, Marvin Harrison. Harrison, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to catch him, but I mean, I think there's at this point he's he's probably a top ten pick overall, and probably the number two wide receiver coming yeah. out of the draft. So I mean, that's he he keeps doing this. He keeps hurdling dudes, making plays like that. He's going to keep making himself more and more money. And uh, happy for him. And also, it's a huge help for Flores. They'd have that elite talent because a lot of those teams that win national championships, Tom, yep. they always seem to have one of those freaks at wide receiver or tight end or somewhere. So he's definitely one of those guys. We've got one more caller in the queue right now uh, before we uh, take a break and wrap up. So uh, it's a late night. You guys have hung with us till nearly 1.30 in the morning, and there's been a 1,000 strong in here the entire night. Thank you for being yeah. a part of War Chant Game Day's postgame show into Sunday morning. Do us a favor underneath. Hit the like button. If you're enjoying this FSU content, it's just the thumbs up. Just hit that button. And if you want an easier way to enjoy our content, subscribe to the channel. It's absolutely free. You hit that bell. Either way, whether you hit the bell or you don't, subscribe to us. Your home screen when you open the app or you go to YouTube.com in the old computer machine, our content will be on the home page. That way you don't have to look for us. It's just simpler for you by hitting the subscribe button. Thank you very much. Uh, we now go to the 386 the 386. Who are we speaking with tonight on the War Champ Post Game Show? Go ahead. Uh, this is Zach from Phoenix, Arizona. Zach, Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, Zach. I don't know that we've had an Arizona caller in some time. So, Zach, welcome to the program. What you got for us? Well, I've been a longtime fan, first-time caller. I just wanted to say that for the longest time, it seemed like we were always the uh, – 
the, the weaker team, we weren't very physical, and it's, it's nice to finally see that turn around. We're just bullying everybody again like we used to back in the day. Yeah, that's a good point, Zach. Is there a particular position group that you like watching for their toughness? Oh, the the running backs. I mean, mm-hmm. just the way they run through tackles. They're not getting pushed back like they like they were, you know, in the most recent years. Uh, watching Trey Benson just carry the pile last week against LSU for a first down. Uh, just it's nice to see. Yeah, no doubt. And they look a little bit different too in terms of their physique, right, Gene? That that's the other thing yeah. here is, you know, when we went to camp this year. And you see the trenches. It's not just about a guy who's not even playing right now, like a Daryl Jackson. It's that Josh Farmer got a lot larger. It's Braden Fisk is a different size dude. When Dennis Briggs, for example, is one of your smaller defensive linemen, Gene, that, that's a good oh, sign. He's not that. a small dude at all. And he's been really good the first two weeks, yeah, too. Yeah, he has. But that's, you know, it's funny. How many times we go back to the day? I remember FSU playing Oklahoma, whatever that was, 2011. Mm-hmm. Or playing, uh, you know, the Alabama 2017 in those games. And you always would go they look a little bit different than Florida state. There's just a lot. They're bigger. They look more physical. Yeah. Florida state's that team. Now you look at Florida state, mm-hmm. go, that team's really freaking big. And yep. that is like you said, like he mentioned Trey Benson, the way he looks, but it's also, the, it's both lines, the way those guys look. And that's credit to who you're bringing in and credit to Josh storms, mm-hmm. uh, the nutritionist and everything else and building these guys up, man. They're, they're just, they're real men out there playing. But part of that is also, uh, genetics because frankly the maturity of this i mean when you've got guys who are six-year players seven-year players fifth-year players they've been around a lot these are adults these are grown men and when you've got grown men in their mid-20s that have been working out for years mm-hmm. they're going to look like that so that's why they're they're pushing people around but that's what you need to do to win i thought it was very telling but mike norvell he knows that they're going to be making these videos and putting them out immediately after a game gene like he's very aware of how their multimedia presence works and all that kind of stuff but that he chose to talk about Coach Storms in the post game after LSU. Mm-hmm. And he knew what he was doing. He knew he was in a moment that was going to make the final cut of that video. And it's true. I mean, this this year more than any other, Gene, I've seen a difference in, in what that strength and conditioning program does for FSU. We got one more caller, but first, in theory, I was right. Says, was anybody else concerned about how the first two quarters went, how we looked in the first two quarters? Travis runs won't work against competent teams. I tend to agree in theory. We did talk about that. I, I think if you were trying to right the wrong of the LSU first half tonight and say, we're going to mm-hmm. get out to a start where we're buttoned up, I don't think they succeeded in that venture. doesn't mean that they didn't succeed overall tonight, but that is something that you got to circle. And if you're going to be fair here and judge it by a national championship or certainly a playoff caliber curve, they were sloppy to start once again. And that's, that's yeah. the season. I agree, but also, Tom, didn't you expect that? I mean, it's on this uh, playing an emotional game against a top five opponent, having that game that you did in that environment, coming back on a short week, Mm -hmm. I would have been shocked if they would have come out of the gates and just bam, 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 bam. Yeah. I I just, you just, I'm sorry, but I've seen too much college football in my time and I've seen how these things go. And that's just not, you're still dealing with kids and they, you know, kids, relatively speaking you know, the schedules and the motions that go on these things, it doesn't, it really, the drop, some of the things that drops and some of the other stuff bothered me a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's what I expected. But as soon as they settled down, they blew the doors off. I'm perfectly yeah. fine with that. Now they have a full week. They play BC. If they, the whole first half, they kind of sleepwalk through, then I go, okay, maybe this is a pattern. We got something to worry about, but on a short mm-hmm. week 
what happened last week. I have no issue with it at all. Understood with the pass. It makes sense to me. Uh, because of the LSU game, I'm looking as a yellow alert. I think we both agree, Gene, if it happens again against BC, sure. then it's, then it's a talk point. Then, then it's real. All right, our last caller tonight is from the 678. If you're from the 678 area code, go ahead right now. You're on with Gene and Tom on the War Chant Game Day postgame show. Hey, guys, this is Steve, and um, I came down from Atlanta for the game tonight with my son. Um, shout out to the War Chant community. Um, uh, another War Chant member hooked me up with some some free tickets. It was very nice and kind to give them to us. We had a blast. We saw you guys at, um, at the pre-game show at Hotel Indigo. That was cool. And then um, I just thought I'd comment real quickly that the, I thought the crowd was fantastic. It felt like a sellout for, um, you know, the whole first half. And it was a party totally all night. And uh, the lights were awesome. And I think I want the FSU administration to learn uh, and grow uh, because they, they were sort of quick on and off a couple of times. It's like they need to let them stay off, stay off and dark for 30 seconds sometimes and, and do the chop because everybody sort of turning on their phones and they, it's like no one realized they could turn on their phones like a Braves game. And I think they, then they started to. Uh, and so anyway, it was a learning, growing moment, but I think it's going to get better and better. It was very cool. So anyway, great job by you guys, and good to see you. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming by the pregame show. Hopefully, you come back again. And that's right, Gene. So you know that he has—he's a double tomahawk chopper uh, with what's going on in Atlanta. A great ball club for the Braves, mm-hmm. but they're famous for that—for turning on the lights of their phone and then doing the chop at that point. So. But like you said, they're going to learn. I mean, this is the first yeah. time they've had these lights doing this thing. But, I mean, that, that's pretty cool. That's a good observation from you, Steve. And thanks for calling in. Thanks for coming out to the pregame show. So they'll learn. Like I said, I think that's a call. The administration will go look at what they did with the lights and hopefully by the next home game, which I, I couldn't – you know, I knew this was happening. But after this, I looked – they're not playing until, what, October 7 mm-hmm. is the next right. home game. I mean, it kind of – I get it. I would rather have more home games in October, November, when it's not brutally hot. So I'm perfectly fine with it, but it's like weird to have one home game in September. It is. It is strange. Yeah, they go on the road for two and then a bye week. So it's going to be a yeah. minute before we're back at Hotel Indigo and, and feeling the friendly confines. But here's the good news, Gene. They played two home games because Orlando was 80-20. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, so how about that, LSU? Uh, well, maybe next time. Uh, we'll be back with our final thoughts. I do want to talk about the crowd and the feel around the game before we sign off tonight. But one more word from our friends at DeLuna Coffee. We will be right back for our final thoughts on the War Chant Game Day postgame show, again, presented by our friends at DeLuna Coffee. The finest football program in the state and rolling into 2023 with a Heisman contender. Stay connected with everything Florida State over at the ultimate seminal sports source, warchant.com. Expert insight from five-star Irish Chauffel, the wit and perspective of FSU Encyclopedia Corey Clark, the latest on FSU recruiting with entrenched reporter Michael Langston, and the most active community of FSU fans anywhere. Warchant.com is part of the On3 network with a national team of reporters and resources that have created industry-leading consensus recruiting ratings, transfer portal rankings, and NIL analytics. Head over to Warchant.com to take advantage of this offer as FSU has into a 2023 season with sky-high expectations. 
There's fun to be had every night at the Corner Pocket. Take home prizes on Trivia Tuesdays and Beer Bingo Thursdays. And kickstart your weekend with Martini Fridays. Plus, happy hour runs every weekday and game day specials every time the Knolls take the field. Watch all the best games at the Corner Pocket's Vegas Wall, featuring 560 inches of flat screen TV heaven. Oh, really? The best food, the best drinks, and the best place to watch all the games. Tallahassee loves the Corner Pocket. This is all the benefits of uh, being a War Chant subscriber, right? If you're watching right now, you can look along with me. You'll see Garnet and Gold 10% off special War Chant Days promos each month with exclusive offers for WarChant.com members, priority access, and free gear at War Chant events. That's doing some things, right? Got to do it. Ask War Chant anything subscriber-only shows featuring the entire staff, a little Q&A with the entire staff, and coming soon, a new mobile app with improved functionality and less ads. That's really a good thing. Join the largest FSU fan community on the internet, everybody, at WarChant.com. It's not close. Let's go. Get it on. Sign up today. Picture this. Saturday morning, November the 4th, 9 a.m. Game day's on your TV, and FSU has dismantled their ACC schedule to this point. They're 8-0. Kirk, Reese, McAfee, and Desmond are debating whether the Knolls are going to be the number one or number two seed in the playoff, and JT13 is the front man for the Heisman. Life's pretty good, and guess what? It's going to get better, because your DeLuna Coffee War Chant bundle came in the mail yesterday. You tell your wife, I'm not superstitious, as you pour your DeLuna Voodoo Coffee blend into your new stainless steel tumbler. You add a scoop of cocoa to die for from DeLuna, and mutter a curse under your breath onto the pit secondary. No voodoo necessary for that, though. The opponent was doomed from the start. Johnny and Keon, they don't need DeLuna's help to make the opponent's life a living hell. But in honor of the 2023 FSU offense, enjoy the DeLuna Coffee Pick Your Poison Bundle. Check the drop-down menu for all available options. Wake up and enjoy DeLuna Coffee today. Head to DeLunaCoffee.com. That's DeLunaCoffee.com. FSU alumni owned and operated Ed and Brett Lemmicks have a combined 30 years of experience in the coffee industry, a percentage of proceeds from DeLuna coffee sales for the blue angels blend, the midnight shift and the high noon lawman's blend go to the U S Navy morale, welfare and recreation program, the rally foundation of Pensacola and the Escambia County Sheriff's foundation, respectively. These are folks at DeLuna coffee that support warchant.com. They support Florida state athletics and they support their local community. So you can't find a better group of people to get your coffee from and get your day started or or keep your day going because gene when we're done here i'm not done the first thing i'm going to do is head over to war chant tv I'm not kidding folks this is what i do watch the press conferences so this is the thing i miss out on so i'm going to watch mike norvell's press conference whatever players we get tonight take a look at their thoughts on the game what kind of message mike norvell was sending when it comes to fourth down decisions early on and, and what his philosophy was and then when it uploads here shortly gene the war chant rap Powered by Vitamin Energy with Corey and Iris thoughts uh, as they're reporting from the field. So that's what's coming up next for me. Any, anything that we need to promo on the site side, because there's going to be a lot of coverage, including your PFF grades, Corey's column, and so much more on Warchant.com itself. Well, the Monday smash now reverts back to the Sunday smash for tomorrow, okay. Tom. So let's bring mm-hmm. that up. So you'll I know that by popular demand, a lot of people want like that Sunday time slot. So we will be back there tomorrow to do that, like I said, in the morning. I guess I'm getting up early and I'm going on to Luna to get my ass up to uh, go through those PFF grades. Nobody's going to be waiting on bated breath for those Johnny Wilson grades to come through. So uh, we'll have that for you 
at some point tomorrow morning before the NFL. And I, I, I do one last thing. I got to throw my hat out to the crowd. Like I said, great people came out to uh, the pregame show. I looked up, I was curious. I looked up at the official attendance. It was 74, four, six, seven, which again, I mean, that's just a couple thousand short of a sellout effectively. And you're playing Southern Miss. So that's just hats off to this crowd and just the fans. They show how avid they are. You saw the crazy ratings last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it was over 9 million, peaked over 10 million for the TV ratings. Florida State is a national brand. It's a top five brand. And they're showing it. Now they're they're a top five team. They're a top five brand. And the fans are doing a great job supporting it. So hats off to everybody out there in Seminole Nation. That's one thing. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about that before we go, Gene. So last night at Corner Pocket, we had a uh, meet-greet hangout at 5 o'clock. We ended up all staying, I think, till at least 6.30, closer to 7. It was a really good time. I hadn't seen CP that crowded on a football Friday uh, for a non-rivalry game in a long time. Yeah. It, it was jam-packed. And then again today, trying to get parking in College Town was a nightmare for all the right reasons because people care. And then when we relocate, my wife and I hopped in the car and we went from the parking garage next to Hotel Indigo going back home. It took like 25 minutes to get out of College Town yeah. because there's just a sea of people. Gene, the tailgate lots were full hours before the game. That's not always the case yeah. at IM Fields. Yep. The support for this team, and in, in, I know it's a home opener, so you get a bit of a spike. This was different. People are responding to this group in a big way. You want to be a part of this and get up to Tallahassee this year at least once. Yeah, and uh, it's, you know, they're winning on the field. They're, I mean, let's face it, too, these are likable. The players are likable. Mike Norvell is likable. Yep. It's, it reminds me a little bit of Lonnie Alameda's team, too. It's just like not only these are winning championship-caliber program, you just want to root for these guys or, or the gals in that case, how good they are. So it's, it's, a, and as you know, it's fun to cover this team. Yeah. Um, they're just, they're good kids and it's a lot of fun. And the fans have been, it just shows how hungry this fan base has been since the decline of Jimbo Fisher at the end. And then obviously what happened with Willie Taggart, they've been so, they want so bad for the team to be relevant. And it's great to hear, you know, you listen to some of the national stuff and I know a lot of these guys, People are critical of ESPN and some of the others, and rightfully so. But I've heard a lot of comments about how good is that Florida State back on the national state. That call it, Florida State being elite is good for college football. It really is. They need to be in that. And it's good for Florida State, too, Tom. And it's good for their prospects for hopefully being in a better conference in the next couple of years as well. No doubt. Pete Mercer, thank you for the contribution. He got one in before the night is out. Good night. And good morning to everybody as we're nearly at 2 and 0 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) Uh, Eric Angel has thrown his hat in the ring. He says, FSU makes playoff war chant. And myself, we're doing keg stands, funnels, cigars, and a wings competition. He wants a wings competition at the CP. I don't know what kind of competition there would be, but I do know that a lot of you are throwing chicken wings, see how far we can throw them. That, that's correct. Uh, in, in less than 12 hours, uh, the professional season kicks off, if that's your thing. Uh, I enjoy my Sundays. I know Gene does as well. And it kickstarts your day. It's almost like they're selling up Miami tickets, Miami football tickets. BOGO! BOGOCoffee.com for the voodoo blend right now. Buy one, get one free. Uh, I don't know why they're doing this because I like dark roasts or espresso blends. And uh, right now, that's what I'm sipping on. To close out my night. So make sure to check out warchant.com, the website side. Ira Chauffel, the best managing editor in the business. You know, Gene, I, I, I feel bad. I got to apologize to Ira. I didn't realize he was doing the meet and greet inside for so long. Yeah. We would have picked him up to come on the pregame show. We'll make sure that we remedied that at Hotel Indigo this season. 
the best managing editor in the business. Corey Clark's column is going to be posted. Our own Aslan Hajavandi does such a good job to make sure things like the Warchant Wrap are available to you. He's uh, one of the glue guys of this operation. And then Matt Lasser and Michael Langston are going to have recruiting reaction for you. There were some names here in town. We are covered head to toe at Warchant.com. Give us a shot if you haven't already. You won't regret it. This is the season to be on board at Warchant. It's always free here on the multimedia side. The subscribe button is right underneath. And then, of course, don't forget Ben behind the scenes, who has been doing so much for us all day long, producing Uh, all these shows. So, And and not just producing. Tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on the Sunday Smash, the directorial hosting debut, you might say, for one Ben Spicer. He will be on with Ira. You'll see a little bit more of Ben this week. You saw him this week on the uh, the Coach Speak show with Jeff, Corey, and Ira, which was hilarious on the channel, reacting to press conferences around the country. And then he and Michael Langston uh, talked one-on-one yep. about uh, Florida State's prospects. So uh, director Ben Starr is on the rise. Look forward to host Ben tomorrow night, 7 p.m. It's moved back from Monday to Sunday. The smash is tomorrow at 7 p.m. on this channel. There's going to be so much content between now and then. Last chance, Gene. Did I forget anything before we sign off, or are we done for tonight? Not much. I just love the Sunday Smash. It just sounds better than Monday yeah. Smash, so I think that's a good fit. So we're looking forward to Sunday Smash and all that fun stuff, and I'm looking forward to NFL tomorrow. Um, no, I think we're just uh, we're in game mode, maybe, and uh, we'll have the polls when they come out. Obviously, that won't be till Monday, mm-hmm. but we'll have the polls for you as soon as they come out to see where Florida State's ranked. And, you know, the one thing, our, our you know, we hope Akeem Dent has a quick recovery. We can talk about because we saw it on the field, and we don't know what his status is, but – we're hoping he'll be back. So you hate to, you know, you hate to have any injuries, but unfortunately that's part of the game here. Yep. So that's the other thing I want to say. Our prayers are out for Akeem Dent. Hopefully he'll be recovered soon. And a couple of those offensive linemen that didn't get to play today, and hopefully they'll be back out there soon as well. Well wishes for them and a less serious, more tongue-in-cheek. Well wishes for Johnny Wilson. Come on. Yes. Come on, baby. We need he you. He needs to get those hands fixed. Gonna need you. If Florida State's going to go the places that they should go, we thank again Ed and Brett Lemmix for their sponsorship of this program, War Chant Game Day, presented by DeLuna Coffee. Thank you to everybody out there. On Monday, you're going to get a brand-new wake-up War Chant. You're going to get the Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 p.m. And in between, the press conferences. They're back. Press conferences from head coach Mike Norvell and the coordinators for the beginning of conference season for Florida State. The next time you talk to us will be Saturday against Boston College right around 3.30 p.m. So we look forward to seeing you then. For Gene, for Director Ben, and a thank you to everybody out there like Terry, our call screener, all of the callers, contributors like Tom, Ian, Nolkev, John, John again, Eric Angel, Timothy, Bill of the People, Vishal, Z-Chan, and Angela. Thank you so, so very much for supporting this program. In addition to, in theory, I was right, Tom again and Pete Mercer. He's Gene. I'm Tom. We'll talk to you next week on the War Chant Game Day postgame show. Presented by DeLuna. You Tom. nailed the over-under, Tom. Right on the number. Good Look night, at everybody. that. Well done. Good night.